basketball. That, that's the intro. Equan, cut the music. We are back. Episode 34. Schultz, Kylie, and I here. Very exciting episode once again. There's still basketball. Still no baseball, unfortunately. But uh, we're Seattle, too. So no baseball talk again this week. Uh, just straight up basketball. A lot to get into, too. I guess the breaking news spot that we could start is uh, the Pacers are finally blowing it up. As we kind of said that they should on our uh, NBA Palooza pod. I went back and listened back to that, and we were quoting there saying that if it does go poorly for the Pacers, hopefully it goes horrendously so that they can actually go through a true rebuild instead of being in continued draft pick hell. And it seems as if they have reached that determination uh, in the last 24 hours. So pretty, pretty exciting, depending on how you look at it. It's exciting for me because I get to make (laughs) trades. Yeah, I'm... As you guys know, if you have been a listener, uh, I'm a Pacers fan, and I honestly don't mind it. Um, we've been stuck in mediocrity for a while, ever since the Paul George runs. Um, you know, made it up to like six seed or whatever, and then just losing the first round. Same, same old story, but. I'm I'm ready for it to blow up and hopefully get some young, exciting prospects and some draft picks that we can potentially get some stars in. Because as we know, Indiana is not the biggest uh, destination for some free agents to sign at. So um, hopefully get a lot of capital and hopefully hit on a few picks. But yeah, I was reading that. Pritchard, who's the director of basketball operations, which essentially is the GM, even though there's a title of the GM, but they're like the step below. Um, He was trying to go a full rebuild in 2017, but the owner, Simon, was against it. He wanted to always put the best possible product out on the court and he's like 87 now and he finally gave the okay to blow it up and start a complete rebuild because we're bottom in the league in attendance right now. So they said, send it and I'm ready for it. And it seems like on Pacers Twitter and from what I've been following that the other fans are fine with it as well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's about time. Uh, I can certainly kind of get where the owner was coming from, but uh, I don't, I personally don't anticipate this being a long-term deal though. Uh, I, I, I realistically, if there's any year to blow it up, it would be this year given how open things are both, or I guess how open things are in the West and how competitive things are, especially in the Eastern conference. So it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy too, because they're, Presumably, there are a few bounces away from being in the playing game right now, uh, but yeah. not the case. So, fortunately or unfortunately, that's the uh, that's the deal. So, I, I guess we could start there then. Um, what uh, what what are some spots that we think 
guys could go. I have a few deals here uh, for just kind of things that I've cooked up. I've called one before, so that was pretty cool. Hopefully I can hit on another. Uh, I guess we'll start with Sabonis. Is there is there anywhere for you guys that just screams like they could offer something of value for Sabonis? He could be a good fit there. Or is it as difficult for you guys to find that spot as it kind of has been for me? I have no idea. Sabonis is just such a weird player because he's like not a plus on defense. So it's more so who needs a scoring boost from their starting lineup. And just like looking at the top teams, the teams that need that scoring boost, in my opinion, would probably be like the Utah Jazz, a team like that. I guess really not because they have average 1400 like they average the most points per game but like a team like that where they don't have like a secondary go-to score uh per se I think that's kind of the team that needs him and just looking through teams that would need that kind of already have their center in place like the Jazz so I'm kind of con- I'm not really sure where he would go I'm interested to see what you're what you've cooked up it's I mean I'm looking. I don't think the Bucks don't get him. The Nets don't get him. The Bulls could the Heat maybe consider him? Maybe I doubt it. I don't think he would fit the Heat's style of play. Yeah, so I don't either. I cooked up one, and then I heard about one as well. The one that I heard about, or a team that would be potentially in contention for him, would be the San Antonio Spurs. Just given the hmm. amount of contracts that they do have to trade, I don't know if i love that necessarily it could get done pretty easily it just depends on what they would be willing to give up uh the one that i cooked up though actually has him going to the timberwolves uh the four has kind of been a everything's kind of been a weak spot for them honestly but that starting four positions kind of been a rotating cast of characters and so the one that i had it was a kogi torian prince and then two first round picks for Sabonis. Um, I think Pacers accept that in a heartbeat, frankly. Uh, I don't know if Minnesota would go as far to offer that. And the reason I, th- I think that they do that is it's, in my opinion, it's going to be getting to be desperation time in Minnesota. They're going to be wanting to go for it at some point, um, some point soon, especially before Cat demands his way out of there, which I think could potentially be on the horizon. So that's the only one I was able to come up with for him. Uh, but it's, it's a lot easier to come up with trades for the other guys, honestly. So what I read and I agree with is that golden state would be a really good fit. Uh, as you mentioned, his defense is kind of a liability, but you know, he's got that playmaking and, really good on offense and on the boards. Um, I think Draymond kind of would make up for his deficiencies on defense. And then they would have two bigs that can pass and be playmakers along with all those shooters that they have. And they also do have like young pieces that may contribute a little bit, but aren't necessarily a big piece of their success right now. And, you know, Steph and Clay and Draymond are all, keep getting older um who would you you want i would definitely take like wiseman moody or uh kuminga for in like a pick or something 
I don't know if they value it as much as that, but um, I, what about I like Jordan like, Poole? I would definitely take him. How old is he? Like 24, 22. Yeah, I, I mean, I would take that, but I feel like he's been a big part of their success this year so far. But who knows what his role will be once Clay comes back? Yeah, that's kind of my point there. Yeah, but I also think the Jazz are going to shout too. Yeah, that would the Jazz is an interesting one. I, my issue with Golden State though is I feel like they're doing way too good to change anything. Yeah, but there'd be no point to get rid of anybody on that roster. They're all playing out of their minds. But I do think Sabonis would fit that roster really well. But yes. it's more a matter of what do you want to blow up part of that roster? I don't think I don't th- I think giving up Wiseman would be way too much for Sabonis. Because I think Wiseman in the long run fits that offense a lot better than uh, Sabonis would. But who knows? I'm interested to see if they move him. I don't think they will, though. I think Turner's – I don't think Miles Turner's value is going to be any higher than it is this year. I think he's absolutely out the door. It's a lot easier to plot him, too, in certain teams, certain spots, and certain positions. So the three that I really kind of liked for him – Charlotte Hornets are kind of a layup there. Uh, they need defensive help at center desperately, and he would fit their offense too. Another one, which would be a little more optimistic with how they would actually get the trade done, but uh, the Portland Trailblazers need defensive help at center desperately, and it's getting to the point where they are going to make some serious changes to that roster sooner rather than later. And then the other one that I kind of thought of there would be a team like Toronto, who once again, desperately needs to have that kind of interior help, interior presence, uh, specifically on defense. And they have some smaller pieces. I think realistically in a trade for Turner, you're going to get some sort of young player and a a first round pick. Uh, The one I heard floated for Charlotte was like, PJ Washington, some filler and a first round pick, which kind of, kind of hefty, no. but yeah, no, I, you think I, I, if I'm a Pacers fan, I don't want PJ Washington. He's just, yeah, he's like a shittier Miles Turner, not as good on defense. He's like an undersized four, isn't he? he yeah, he's a four. Um, there was that Toronto, it would be something like, Dragic, Achua, and a first or something along those lines would potentially be like a starting point, which I think is personally, I think that's better than the Charlotte offer. Um, I'd rather have Achua, yeah. Yeah. More upside on that, I'd say. And then Portland's where Portland, it gets weird uh, because they have a lot of like middle of the pack salaries like Norm Powell, Robert Covington, where you could do that in filler. Or if you wanted to combine like a Turner and a Levert, you could get CJ in some sort of deal, but that would take some more moving pieces, I would assume. Paige, why haven't you talked about the deal where Dante DiVincenzo goes to the to the Pacers and we get Miles Turner? Oh. I don't Dang, I didn't even works. consider that. That it won't work, but we'd need filler. I don't know. I don't but like I don't think that's a horrible deal, to be honest. Dante's pretty good, and that he fits what you just described. I would honestly even throw in like a Jordan Nora type player as well. 
but I don't know. We'd have to move like Brooke, I think, to make the salaries work. Yeah, Brooks. Brooks certainly the easiest way to uh, to get that done. It would be Brook and Brook and Nora would get it done immediately, uh, just salary matching wise. Um, also, I feel like we need to give a shout to the Lakers too. They can uh, make the Miles Turner salary work technically with uh, <laughs> with Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn, but. Uh, I don't think that'll move the needle too much. Well, so. if you talk, if, I mean, if the Pacers GM is a Lakers fan, it'll work yeah. because Lakers fans think THT is the next coming of LeBron James. Sometimes it depends on the game. Yeah. They either think he's the goat or he's just like ass. There's like no in between with that guy. <laughs> Another thing that needs to be like considered for all these guys on the Pacers is that they're all like still under contract for multiple years. It's not like a rental as in a lot of cases for like these trade deadline moves, um, right. which will definitely should increase the value that is coming back. So you'll have them for at least two years. Do you think the Pacers would take just Jay Huff from the Lakers? Like Jay Huff straight up? <laughs> Why the fuck is J-Hop? Yeah, why is J-Hop in the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> you got to fill out that roster somehow. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for him, bro. That's awesome. I'm excited, though, because we're six days away from uh, from players signing this offseason, becoming eligible for trades. And then mm-hmm. extension candidates, I believe, become eligible January 15th. Or sometime in January, uh, Horton Talker and those guys become available. It's like three months after they signed. Um, so that'll be pretty good. We'll get a lot more action there coming up. You also have guys like Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons just kind of chilling. Uh, but who knows? Ben Simmons. Yeah. To the to the Sixers straight up. Yeah. Six- or no, Simmons from the Sixers to the Pacers for some bonus. I made some. I made another crazy super deal. This is the last super deal I'll do. Uh, it was Anthony Simons, Gene Springer, and two first to Indiana. Ben Simmons and uh, Turner go to Portland, and Philly gets McCollum and Covington. Salaries line up for all of that. Uh, but, I mean, that's actually not that bad of a deal. I just don't – I think the Pacers are still getting a little bit of a run because I'm not that high on Springer. I don't know how he's been doing this year, but – Yeah, I'm not Simons, either, but, like – Simons the, is just, like – he's been, what, just, like, this bouncy dude yeah. for four years now. Everybody's like, oh, he could be the next guy for uh, uh, CJ and Dame to, like, rely on. And, like, he just never has because he plays, like, six minutes a game. Yeah. I think at that point, Indiana honestly might be – well, they get they get multiple firsts, which they don't yeah. have any of the other proposals. But who knows? It's complicated. Probably not going to happen. Uh, is that is that it on the Pacers? Are we? Uh... Oh, I don't care about the Pacers. We could have moved on from them at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, we'll move on then. So I I guess the next thing that we'll do then is we were talking today and we wanted to obviously do some college hoops discussion. But before we got into that, we had pre-conference all-american teams that we each made uh just and what we mean by pre-conference it is simply before conference play made or uh, started 
at this point in time, who are our All-Americans? We did a first and second team. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, to Reddit for the idea. Yeah, Reddit gave us this idea. We shamelessly stole it. They somewhat assisted with my list, too, as I'm new to following this whole college basketball thing on a non-NBA draft uh, scale. Like, on my – of my 10 players that made the list, I think realistically, like, four, four or five, only half the list has a shot of, like, serious draft consideration. And that's a large improvement for me. Because last yeah. year it would have been like you would have seen Chet on my list and Paolo. Not that those are bad picks necessarily, but they're better. So, uh, who wants to? I guess who wants to give their first uh, first list? I'll go. I'll go first with my first team. I think we're probably going to have a pretty similar first team. There's some players that I think are obvious, and then some that maybe are more questionable. But I'll go. So I do. I have two guards, and then two forwards and a center for my first team. It's Jaden Ivey, Ochai Agbaji, Keegan Murray, EJ Liddell, and Oscar Shibwe. Now, like, just looking down that list, I, it's pretty it's pretty solid. Like, I don't, I don't really think there's any surprises on that list. Keegan Murray is currently leading me NCAA in scoring. Agbaji's third in scoring. And then Oscar is an absolute tank on the boards, unfortunately. And EJ Liddell has just been a stud. And We've been hyping up Jaden Ivey for almost a year now, so I don't need to go into him too much because he's just an absolute stud as well. So I'll uh, I'll follow up that one. Mine is actually different. I don't have Jaden Ivey on my first team. Uh, I went Johnny Davis, Agbaji, Keegan Murray, Chibwe, and then I went Justin Bean from Utah State. Ooh, you went Bean first team. I went. I was going to shout him out. Yeah, nobody else was going to. Uh. He's averaging 22 and 12 right now. Yeah, I stuck. need to see him play because those stats are absolutely ridiculous. He also on shoots pretty well. Yeah, I was yeah say. he's shooting 66% from the field, 50 or 82% from the free throw line. And then I don't know how many. 55% three. from three. 55. <laughs> like that is insane. Uh, I don't know so how many attempts he takes. I was, I was kind of back and forth on the guard spot, especially with uh, – like the forward spots, those were going to be my three forwards no matter what. That lead guard spot, I was between Johnny Davis and a few other guys here or there. Um, but ended up settling for him. He's been he's been awesome this year. Bean right. is uh, so, he's eleven for twenty from three. Jesus. So not a bad sample size. My bad, Kyler. So I pretty much have all the guys you mentioned instead of Agbaji on the first team I've Colin Gillespie from Villanova it's my second guard um you know I think this is his fifth year yep just all that experience whenever you know Nova's already been in some big games whenever they need a bucket he's their go-to um He's always standing at the top making plays. I uh, think it's well-deserved for him, and he'll definitely continue to do it in the Big East. So I think even at the end of the year, he'll be up in these conversations as well. You know, I, I I agree. I was debate. I had Gillespie on my first team, and then I remembered Agbaji. So I switched it from that. But I was definitely 
leaning Gillespie at the beginning, which kind of leads me into my second team. Uh, Cause I have Gillespie on my second team along with Johnny Davis and then Benedict Matherin, Paulo Banchero, Banchero, and then I have Travion Williams at center. Um, I think the only one that's, the, I think the most surprising one from this list that I don't think you guys will probably have is Travion at center, um, which is fair. Um, I just think he's probably the second most important, not even probably, he's the most second, he's the second most important player on that Purdue team, in my opinion, by a decent amount. Um, if Edie wasn't there, I think Purdue would still probably be just as good, of, uh, maybe not just as good, but pretty much the same team. Um, Travion's just, he's gotten so much better over the last four years. And um, I think he deserves second team at the minimum. I think he's going to be putting up monster stats uh, second half of the season. I, w- I was thinking about throwing him on there, but ended up not throw- he He was in contention for my last spot. We also cheated by putting Mather in as a forward. Full disclosure, he's listed as a guard. We don't, we, we he has guard skills. He's not a guard, though. We think he is a small forward. Uh, I guess maybe like Clay Thompson's technically a guard. So by the Clay Thompson definition, sure. But uh, yeah, so I cheated as well there. Uh, my second team. I have Jaden Ivey at guard. I'm going to leave suspense for my last guard. Uh, EJ Liddell, Benedict Matherin, and then Kofi Coburn is my – those are my forwards. Kofi, I'm not – I, I kind of struggled with that last forward spot. I thought about Kofi. I thought about Paolo. Uh, Travion, uh, I thought of uh, Edie as well. Like, I, I thought of a bunch of different kind of names and ended up with Kofi. Uh, if I were to do it again – after the pod, I'd probably change it, but that's what we wrote. And then finally, for my last guard, I have Javon Freeman, Liberty there. Uh, he has been a stud this year. And that, that isn't just me hyping him up either. Yeah, he's, no, he's, been, he's been really good. He's averaging 22, 9, and 4 right now on 49% from the field, 42.5% from deep, and 73% from the line with two steals a game. Like, he has been incredible for that DePaul team. I mean, granted, they've – not had the strongest competition. Uh, they play Louisville tomorrow, actually. That'll it, it, does Louisville have a decent team this year? Louisville, yeah. Uh, they're really. okay, they're know, like middle uh, of the pack, they'll be middle yeah, ACC, probably not better than Loyola Chicago. I'm gonna guess about the same, okay, because he did struggle in the Loyola Chicago game. Uh, so we'll see kind of how things go for him going forward. I don't know if he'll be able to maintain that spot, but just I mean, maybe- uh, he probably he definitely struggled because Loyola Chicago has um, Lucas Williamson, who's an absolute clamp on defense, and that's probably who was guarding him the entire game. Yeah, he shot. Two, he only took nine shots. He shot two for nine, had seven points. I mean, the whole team just shot horrendously too. Uh, and that's what Loyola Chicago does as well. Yeah, no, and they, they're fun to Actually, watch that, too. I'll, I'll be interested to see how uh, they've got Louisville, they have UIC, Northwestern, and then they get into conference play. So I'll be interesting to see if he'll be able to keep up this momentum, but I could absolutely see this guard spot going to Gillespie or literally any other guard that flies up. Uh, Kennedy Chandler, maybe, perhaps. Uh, didn't mention him, but uh, who knows? Okay, so... My second team is Agbaji, Matherin, EJ, Liddell, 
Paulo and Trace Jackson Davis. Um, prior to last night, TJD was having a phenomenal year. Uh, he needs to figure out how to maneuver in triple teams because every team has been doing that so far. Um, but just his – he's added so much explosive, explosiveness this year and the amount of blocks he gets and compared to, like, last year and just way better on offense. So I think he deserves to be up there. And I also have to give a shout-out. He wouldn't be in these conversations because he plays at Utah Valley. But Fardaz Amak. A Mac, I don't know how to say his name, but he's averaging 21 and 14. He had 20 and 20 uh, in their upset win against BYU. He's absolutely eating. Um, I need to catch one of their games to see him play live, but his numbers uh, have to uh, make me give him a shout out here. So, yeah, I have some honorable mentions too. I don't know if you do too, AIDS, but. I'll think of some. Um, David Roddy, Colorado State. Yes. Uh, I think Kylie and I talked about him earlier, but he's just – he's the best player on a 9-0 and team. They haven't necessarily been tested that hard besides Creighton so far. But, I mean, he's let, – let me pull up some of his numbers. Um, I don't have his average up, but he, he put up 36 against Creighton on 13 of 20 shooting, 7 from 10 from the 3, like – and then the game before, he played against Bradley, 30 points. Just gave him 30 points with two, two three-point attempts, zero makes. So from one game to the next, he went from 0 from 2 from 3 to 7 from 10 from 3. So, I mean, he's clearly a pretty versatile player. Um, if Colorado State continues to have success and make the tournament, which I think they're probably on pace to do at this point, um, he's going to be a major reason why. Um, he's the best offensive player on a top 15 efficient uh, top 15 offensive team in the NCAA at this point. So, I mean, uh, got to give a shout out to him. Want to shout out Wendell Moore too. Um, from the beginning of the season or from the beginning of his Duke career till now is a completely different player. Uh, Wendell Moore is turning into one of the best guards in the nation. In my opinion, I think he could easily sneak into first or second team consideration, uh, depending on how the rest of the season goes, but, Without him, Duke probably doesn't beat Gonzaga. They probably don't beat um, Kentucky. Um, he's been very, very good for them, and I look for that to continue throughout the year. Obviously, they lost to Ohio State, but we're not. And then last one, he's not even going to be in consideration at all, but I just want to shout him out, is uh, Taron Armstrong. I've been telling AIDS about him <laughs> for a couple of weeks, but yep. dude's the dude's an absolute beast. He's from Tasmania. He's a freshman, and he just throws dot assist after dot assist for Cal Baptist. I really want to watch one of their games. I think they play somebody decent soon. Yeah, they play they, Arizona they <laughs> on the 18th. They're probably going to get absolutely clapped, but I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, so for honorable mentions, I'm going to try to avoid draft guys after my initial draft guys dump. Uh, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, those are two guys that my mind immediately goes to. Uh Paolo as well didn't make my list. You got the two Purdue bigs. And then for non-draft guys, uh, Jin Shackelford has an outside shot of cracking the, the guard list too. I think he'll need a lot mm -hmm. to go right. Um, but he has been on a rather hot streak lately. 
Uh, I already shouted out Jabari Smith. And then I think looking at going back to Arizona here, I think looking at like, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Azulis Tubalis, though. Uh, he's one of their, uh, I, I believe he's their starting power forward. Uh, yep. He's averaging 16, six and a half, and two right now and 61% shooting. He's been putting in some pretty impressive games this year, uh, which I expect to kind of continue on into conference play for them because I don't know how you are necessarily going to be able to stop this Arizona team going forward. Uh, Arizona is so good. Like, I don't I don't They're know. really, really impressive. <laughs> They've got – do you guys attest this to like the new coach that came in, or did they get yes. some yes. new transfers? So he's just it's a really both. good coach. He's a good coach, but also, I mean, the fact that um, Matherin is as good as he is is, um, I guess it, maybe he took a step after his because, like, technically he's a sophomore. He played there last year, but yep. maybe he took a step up. But like, he just turned into an elite player, and they added Justin Keir, who I've talked about, who's been pretty solid for them they just they're very deep and I mean Tommy Lloyd I think is just a phenomenal coach like he just Mm -hmm. like I think his system whatever it is whatever the switch up was from Sean Miller to him has just been night and day keep in mind too they lost to Kenjo as well yep so the Kenjo's at Baylor I I think a big part of it has been they were talking about this on the broadcast they they've gone into a read and react offense which is why Matherin did kind of start somewhat slow. Uh, of course, somewhat slow for him is like 25 points. He, I mean, he had a 25-point game, 16-point game, and a six-point game. So with kind of the amount of movement, passes, and stuff like that, it can be difficult to pick up at first. But once their shooters kind of get more going a little bit in that offensive scheme, they're going to play defense against you, but they have so many guys that can give you buckets on that team at this point. Uh, you know, you have Kier, Carissa, Coloco, Tubas. I hate saying Coloco can give you buckets. He can't. He can dunk. Um, he can dunk. He can block you. But they just have so many different guys that can come at you with a lot of different looks that it, it's going to be extremely difficult, especially if their offense is flowing as freely as it's been lately. Yeah, that Kirk Creesa guy, he's really good. He's mm-hmm. a sniper. He played a very, very solid game. They went five uh, from ten from three yesterday. He cramped up too. Uh right before like right before halftime he was cramping up after a make. Um which, which I'm sure affected things. But uh yeah Arizona they are a well-oiled machine maybe new team of the pod uh because i'm really memphis Memphis is i i hate memphis with a passion i'm done talking about them i will have i will have the debut of my second big board probably on next week's episode uh but jalen duran is going to be punished because he plays for memphis uh i I have one more shout out by the way yeah go ahead um San Francisco guard, Jeremy Boya. First of all, shout out San Francisco. They are really good. But this guard that I just said, uh, Jeremy Boya, he's an absolute beast. He's gotten like, so he put up 27 last night, night before he put up 30, or not night before, game before he put up 30 on eight of 10 from three. Um, he's been pretty much consistently in the 20s, except for 
the game against UAB, which they barely won. So if he struggles, obviously they're gonna uh, San Francisco's gonna be in trouble. But he's he's been phenomenal for them. And the Dons, they look really good. They're the, like I've been saying, the West Coast Conference is probably a top five conference in the NCAA this year, which is nuts. It's yeah, the Gonzaga. It's the Gonzaga. The Gonzaga effect. effect. Shut the fuck up. You just caught. <laughs> I was gonna say that. But they have. They have. Ease, I think they probably have four top. I think they have four tournament teams, which is pretty cool. And of course, BYU has to dip, but. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco and San Mary's are usually pretty consistently good. So, but I'm I'm very very high on the West Coast Conference. But yeah, I could and I, I could see St. Mary's too. Uh, was it St. Mary's that won that conference a year or two back in the the yeah. Beacon Saga? Yeah, and, and their coach sounded drunk on the interview. Yes. Yeah. Damn. You probably I, don't I remember for, that part, but I was watching I, that. I, I forgot guess. about that. I did forget yeah. about that. He um, what? He sounded just wasted. He probably wasn't. Uh, but... <laughs> Ooh, that game, uh, that San Francisco and Grand Canyon game should be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how we're going to watch uh, it, but. Drew probably. still at Grand Canyon? Uh, I think so. Did, Let me double check. Did he not just get excited? Yeah, Bryce Drew. Oh, not, no, not the player. Yeah, his brother. Ron Drew. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty solid. They only they're um, eight and one. Their only loss is to Wyoming. Who Wyoming's in the better whack? than that game. They're in the whack, and the whack's also good. This the year. whack is so fun to watch. Like they have, they have five a bunch teams. of exciting teams. They have more than five good teams. Actually, they have. Holy shit! The whack is my favorite conference in basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Tarleton State, also. Grand Canyon, Stephen F. Austin, Abilene Christian, Utah Valley, Cal Baptist. That point guard that I was talking about, and then Tarleton State. Yeah, and then they also have like the worst teams in the like they've had like the perennial worst team in college basketball in Chicago State. <laughs> so like they have everything. Chicago State 2018, 3 and 29, 2019, 3 and 29, <laughs> 2020, 4 and 25, 2021. Let's go. Oh, and 9. <laughs> but they're 3 and 5 already. <laughs> yeah, they're making it. All, they have 3 wins against D1 teams, which is better than they've yeah, no, that's better than they've done the last, I think, every year. Yeah. They've already, they've already, yep, they already beat uh, their win total against D1 teams this this year. Big moves. So pretty much expect them to be a power five team in the next years. <laughs> yeah. Big 12. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I, I just also love that they, they're in the West Coast or West Western Athletic Conference and they're from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. I mean, you got to find room to fit them in somewhere because like, yeah, it's mean, not a. That's well, America's team. One. I thought of another one. Uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Champagne or uh, okay, oh, it's Champagne, right? Champagne. Champagne. Okay, because OKC almost had a game winner hit on them last night by a dude whose last name was Champagne, who played at Pittsburgh, I guess, for that's a while. His brother. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so I don't feel so bad. I but. think they're twins, Loki. Yeah, I think they are. He's like twenty, so that would that would make sense. Uh, he was an absolute hooper. As he, he could be a potential. Uh, I, I think he could sneak on there as well. Uh, oh, you're definitely he, right. If he keeps up 
what he's been doing. He's a six foot eight guard. Okay. We, we gotta we gotta figure out these classifications. Yeah, he's not a guard. Because <laughs> like <laughs> he doesn't even play if like he's a, a guard. Yeah, he's not a guard. They literally have two guards that start. He plays like a small yeah. forward. They have Posh and Montez Mathis and Steph Smith. He play yeah, yeah, he does play no, he plays power forward. Like so I'm looking at <laughs> Ken Palm has like their depth, like their most common mm-hmm. lineups or most frequent lineups. Their top three most frequent lineups over the past five games have him at the small forward or at the power forward. Nah, four guards. So, I mean, pretty much. Because they see most basketball. Yeah, three guards and That's two forwards, but one of the Except guards. Except for like their forward. other guards are six feet tall. So like, yeah, it's kind of hard to switch when one of your guards is six, eight, and then two of them are six feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we, it, we would be remiss to not give a shout out to uh, Butler as well. Huge, yeah. huge win. Uh, yeah. Very happy, very unexpected that that ended up actually happening. Uh, yeah, they played definitely well. got to give credit where it's due. They looked, yes, they looked good. Second it was a half, different team. Second half, they looked phenomenal. First half, I thought it was a little harsh that we were down by ten. To be honest, I thought we played a little bit better than that. But the second half and overtime, completely different team. So, uh, DJ Hughes and Chucky Harris are officially <laughs> yeah, Chucky. Uh, it's not Chuck anymore. It's Chucky. If they want Legend NIL deals, I'll Venmo him like 50 bucks. <laughs> um, and Val Jordan. Yeah, Val, Val Jordan. Like, <laughs> there was just so much with that game. <laughs> Fran, yeah, Fran Priscilla was just throwing out nicknames. I kind of loved it. <laughs> it. It's so weird, too, because like I, I heard him during the uh, – he was commentating Bronny's game that was on ESPN the other night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this the same guy? Because it, you know it's Fran Fraschilla. I'm like, dang, he flew from Los Angeles to Oklahoma to do this, and he just does not have any of these names correct in the slightest. Um, DJ okay. Hughes, though, he's he's, he's such he's a baller okay. player. Like, yeah, he is. He's Tyler Weidman. That's the, that's our next yeah. Tyler Weidman right there. Except for he's listed at six six, I think, which is a tad short. He's is still he young. Even... He'll grow. Yeah, he'll grow. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Dudes grow until they're 24, allegedly, or something? I'm still waiting. It'll be Paul Shit, George I, is still yeah. growing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love for him to grow because he's like the perfect center for us. Just a bruiser. Yeah. With a high with a high motor. I love him. I, I think the high motor is really what uh what got me though. Like if you were like he had six points and six rebounds, it mm-hmm. he was so much better than that though. Yeah. Um and if Chucky can keep it up to the, yeah, he doesn't need to give us. Ah, yeah, he kind of does need to give us about twenty five a night, honestly. Um, uh, I mean, Miles Tate was just cleared to play, so he'll be back. Oh, okay. And he's so, been and then we'll he's been out since last year, right? He tore his ACL in the yeah. uh, Big East Championship, or the, not the Big East Championship, the Big East side, uh, <laughs> just the Big East yeah. tournament game, our second one against Nova after we beat Xavier. To knock them out of the Big East or uh, out yeah. of the tournament. Let's, let's like, do that I mean, again. Miles Tate's pretty like he had a great game against a really good Creighton team. Uh, was pretty much the reason why we won in overtime against them. So he's, I think he'll be really good. He's going to be a really good addition. And then we get Bo Hodges back in a little bit too. Uh, he'll be another really good addition. So between those two guys, we're going to have, we should be much better come call or uh, come conference play. See, it's weird because like, before, if you would have said that, I would have been like, oh, sweet, that's awesome. 
but now like when I hear those guys, I'm trying to figure out like obviously uh they'll play, but I'm trying to figure out where do those minutes come from. Uh, yeah, you're totally right. I think the first the first um place that they should come out of is Ty Gross and Jair Bolden because they just are so inconsistent. Like if they're hot, leave them in, let them play. But if they're like if they're broke like they have in the last couple of games, like we don't need that because like especially Jair Bolden, he literally just stands outside the three-point line and if he's not hitting when he's hitting his threes leave him in let him play the Mm -hmm. entire game but if he's not he's pretty much a useless player because he's terrible at defense and he's not that great of a driver either but three point if his three point strokes on which it has been for a lot of the season he's very good and ty gross is the same way he's just very disinterested on offense if he's not like shooting threes yeah it's so weird because like before i would have said like christian david's losing his minutes there but Oh, he's been awesome. He I've looked really his, good. <laughs> he isn't what he isn't what he was advertised as at all to me. Oh no! Well, but, yeah, he was supposed to be good. Oh, he was supposed <laughs> to be. That's like what he was guy. advertised. He was, yeah, he was. He was the guy. Um, he was supposed to be our highest recruit in that class, that twenty eighteen class. Yeah. But still contributing. Uh, and it's it's exciting too to see kind of where. We take this uh, momentum going forward. Of course, we have a huge marquee matchup against Eastern Illinois <laughs> this upcoming weekend. Uh, the two and eight Panthers—they're oh, really bad. They don't have they to mention they the game D1 after team. that. That's big, and then Purdue. Uh, that's fine. Though. We'll we'll cross Eastern, that bridge. Eastern Illinois is really bad. Their only wins are against two not D one teams. They're 350th on Kempom. <laughs> they almost beat Central, who's one and eight. Central's really bad too. They lost to Saginaw <laughs> Valley State, I think. Central Did they play is... Chicago State? Uh, Little in-state no. rivalry. I wish they play awesome. UIC. <laughs> they play UIC, but no Chicago State. Um, <laughs> we all yeah, deserve that. Yeah, we do. Oh, they almost beat Albany too. Who's also one and seven? Oh my gosh, <laughs> these guys are horrible. Albany, <laughs> Albany has a fall from grace. They were a tournament team with all those Australians. Like, that might have been a while ago. Now that I think about it, all the money went to lacrosse. It died, mate. All the money went to lacrosse. I bet it was twenty eighteen. No, they lost to Stony Brook. It was the year that Stony Brook had that really big center who. Don't make me look like an idiot. I know this happened. Yeah, so uh, while, while he looks that up. Yeah, come back to pretty, me. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty exciting slate of games, too. Uh, Army-Navy games this weekend, which yes. is always a fun one. Best Heisman's game of this, the year. Heisman's this weekend, too. I don't think that should be much of a discussion, honestly. Uh, it's Bryce Young. It's, that's it's the Bryce, discussion. It's, it's Bryce Young. Like, that's, that's kind of it. Um. Tell us how I found it. Good UFC it, card. Uh, hopefully, it was 2015. Steph, 2015. There we go. Hopefully, Steph breaks the three point record too. Uh, good college hoops as well. So very, uh, very exciting uh, weekend. Oh my Upcoming god! The here. fact that I remember like all of that because I watched this game. I told you they beat Stony Brook in the championship. It was a buzzer beater. And then Stony Brook had this guy named Jamil Warney who was an absolute unit, and he just averaged. He was a walking. He had 43 points in a college basketball game against Vermont. 
and he's a center, didn't, doesn't shoot three pointers. Dang. <laughs> I love him. I, I miss him. I used to watch his games. I used to watch Stony Brook games. So get with it. Course. That's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. I'm watching like two a day. I'm going to start recording some games too. So that when I have go. nothing, I'm, I'm in kind of a middle ground for, for work at the moment. So when I, uh, with this free time, I'll use it to have a game playing in the background while I'm playing the Halo campaign or something. So Ooh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get that going. Uh, I guess we'll do, uh, let's do, let's do like two picks and then call it there unless you guys got anything else. No, I don't need to. I was just going to tell you about Jamil Warney's career real quick as a, he was a Texas legend, G League All-Star, first team all G League. And then he played for the Dallas Mavericks for one game. And then now he plays in Korea. So, there we go. Shout out Jamil. I love him. All right, Hope so I'm going gonna to give you guys a little bit of a, a little bit of wiggle room here. Uh, Lock of the weekend is what we're going to okay. do here. Uh, could be – don't do it for tonight's games. Uh, it's not going to get posted before tonight's games <laughs> tip off. Uh, Texas and Seton Hall should be a really fun one to watch. I have not seen Seton Hall play this year. so I got Roden. Be... It'll be a fun that, – that team, I mean, between Roden and Kale, one of those guys, if you just combine them, they'd be a first – they would be a lottery pick. Yeah. And Iowa, Iowa State's tonight too. Uh, that'll be a really good game. I that's think gonna that's gonna be, be the best game. Of that, that'll be solid. Um, no ranked matchups tomorrow, and then Saturday slate's pretty good. Wisconsin, Ohio State at noon. BYU, Creighton should be good. Arizona, yeah, Houston, Illinois. Alabama. Arizona, Illinois is gonna be the one that I watch though. So, UCLA, Marquette. I'll be in Milwaukee but, for that actually. There's there's a lot of really really good things. Of course, Steph is going to break the. Uh, three-point record at some point so uh locks of the weekend uh i'll start this is not controversial at all i'm gonna say seahawks minus eight and a half over the texans this is the worst football team i have ever seen uh one of my my dog is crying i understand that there are levels to this though um, it is disheartening to see kind of how how bad we are. Uh, Tyrod, bless his heart, he's done. The thirty-one to nothing game last week was just. Uh, Tyrod has had two weeks in a row now where he's thrown an interception while like either running out of bounds or <laughs> trying to throw it away, and it just wasn't able to get there. I, I don't know the game. Literally first play of the game. I don't know when that started. <laughs> Or like at what level he was taught that, but that's not good. Uh, we have scored in, we've gotten shut out twice this season now. We've scored in single digits in one, two, three, four, five, six games this season already. Uh, we played 12, and Davis Mills is going to be starting at quarterback. So I don't have much. Uh, confidence in the team being able to cover that, especially given we're benching guys every week for administrative stuff and character concerns and stuff like that, which is not a not exactly what you want. We just cut our starting middle linebacker who got claimed by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, 
Oh, he went no. to the Titans. He did go to the Titans. Yeah, uh, you shouldn't be complete. He wasn't that. He wasn't as good as uh, as he was supposed. He did to be. go to Vandy. He did go to Vandy. He should have been a first round pick out of Vandy and wasn't. I met him. Very nice, very nice guy. Met him at training camp. I have a photo with him somewhere. Uh, not worth the money though that Bill O'Brien gave him. So that is my lack of the weekend. This team is broken. I'll go. Yep. I've got the Buccaneers minus three and a half against the Bills. I think the Bills are dead. Um, they just have a lot of deficiencies, and their offense hasn't flowed as smooth as it had did last year. Um, they really don't have much of a run game other than when Josh Allen gets out of the pocket. And I just think the Buccaneers have found their rhythm and they're getting healthy again. Um, I think at home they stop the Bills. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Lions plus 10, I think. Let's go. <laughs> I think that momentum is going to carry over. I honestly do. I've been betting on the Lions for the past like month, so I'm pretty partial to them. But I think plus ten is really disrespectful for the Lions, considering they've been they've played pretty much everybody close. And it's not like the Broncos have an elite offense, especially now that Melvin's coming back. They're going to be a little bit more. I think Javante added that extra spark that they need on offense. So much better. So, I mean, he's a good. Don't get me wrong, Melvin's a good player, but I just think Javante should be the lead back and. It is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go there. And then I have a special one. This is for Garrett. I'm going to go Notre Dame money line. Fuck you, Garrett. Damn. <laughs> Speaking of disrespectful lines, I think Green Bay minus 12 and a half is disrespectful towards Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah, that's, that's a rough own one. You. It, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> There's no way around it. Uh, it might get better soon. Uh, and it sucks too because they didn't do bad enough to. Do they even have their own pick this year? Nope. The Giants. Jeez. Oh, the, the Bears Giants are so dead. I can't yeah, I complain just... though. Yeah, no. Fuck the Bears. I can't complain. Uh, any uh, any last calls here? I'm good. <sighs> Thank God the Colts are on a bye. It can be stress-free. Oh, you got two bye weeks in a row. I wouldn't complain too much. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's it, Ben. Uh, we will see you guys sometime next week. Who knows? Maybe we'll have baseball back. Uh, we will certainly have more basketball action and more football to talk about, and it'll be just be about bowl season at that point too. So yeah, pretty excited. That's it. Adios. Later. See you.